Chapter 29, Biotopo del Quetzal, Search for the Resplendent Quetzal. I had found out yesterday that many buses left every 15 minutes for the town of Sayache. It took an hour and a half, so I figured if I left at 8am, I'd be there in time to catch the 10am bus to Koba. The lady at reception was still sleeping, so I shouted, Yame voy! And in a sleepy voice coming from under the stairs, she said, Gracias, adios! I carried my heavy backpack over the causeway, saying hola to the friendly road workers and walked through the bustling muddy streets of Santa Elena to the market. Guatemaltecos seem a lot more open than Mexicanos. They were constantly shouting things at me to get my attention. I found the minibus and I had my bag put on the roof. The guy let out a huge puff of air when he felt the weight. I was a little paranoid about having my bag nicked, but I could see out of all the windows pretty well, so I think I would notice. The micro set off. But instead of heading into town, it went back over the causeway to Flores. I was a bit narked by this, as I hadn't heard of Sayache buses leaving from Flores. Two foreigners got on and somehow managed to get the two front seats despite the bus being full. I comforted myself that they must have paid more through a travel agent. The bus stopped a few times along the way to drop people off and pick others up. The old bicycle went up on the roof. An hour and a half later we were on the north bank of a river where we had to pay one quetzal to the boatman to take us into the town of Sayachi on the other side. At this point I had my first chance to speak to two foreigners. They were called Jose and Isabel and were old friends. Jose was originally from Argentina but lived in San Francisco and did research in physics at a university there. Isabel was from Israel and did cancer research in Tel Aviv. They looked in their early 40s but were quite youthful and Jose told me that he would be 50 next year. A direct bus to Coba was leaving at 10am, but the guy that sorted out their trip, not a travel agent, but someone they'd met on the street, said it was quicker to catch a minibus to a junction and change. Apparently the bus people didn't like this, so to avoid confrontation we would leave after the bus had gone. This gave us half an hour, so after some cheap food, meat, rice, vegetables and tortillas, I joined them for a stroll around town. We walked past a park that was identical to the one in Flores and consisted of a basketball court and some concrete benches under some trees. Come to think of it, every Socolo in Mexico was pretty similar. A good deal more aesthetically pleasing than the ones here, though. I wonder how much the plan of a country's plazas had to do with their character. The bus having departed, we boarded the minibus. The driver was a strange-looking chap with pale blue eyes, very odd for a Guatemalteco. The person in charge of opening and shutting the side door and putting things and taking them off the roof was a ten-year-old boy who kept sticking his head out the window the whole way like a dog. People got on and off with their various luggage. One woman got on with a live turkey with its feet tied together so it couldn't escape. Someone's Christmas dinner, no doubt. As the bus was going along, it fell out the still open side door and lay flapping on the road until we stopped and the boy ran back and grabbed it by the wings. Everybody was most amused. Further along, a woman with no front teeth tried to get off, carry her luggage, breastfeed and pay all at the same time. It didn't work, and her left tit was left hanging out for all to see. She laughed and said, Ay, mi chichi, before tucking it back in. I was sat next to Jose, and we had a good chat about all the places that we'd been to. He was very well-traveled, and had been to about 40 countries. An hour and a half later, we were in Coban, and I walked with Jose and Isabel towards the town centre. They were going to go and try and find a hotel, whereas I was going to get on a bus towards Guatemala City and get off at Biotopo del Quetzal. On the way to the bus station, an old man asked me where I was going. When I said Guatemala, meaning Guatemala City, he joked and said we were already in Guatemala. The bus dropped me right at the hospedaje next to the Biotopo. It was really cheap, and the owner's cute five-year-old daughter, Tali, showed me to my room. I went for a walk for an hour along a trail behind the hospedaje. 
The forest was indescribably beautiful, and I saw the rare highland guan, a large turkey-like bird with a red wattle, just a few metres away, another bird on my list. They cooked me a delicious carne asada with rice, vegetables, bean paste and tortillas, which I wolfed down before bed in my cold, damp room. I was woken in the night by a strange screeching sound. I grabbed my torch, opened the flimsy wooden door, and felt the cold, moist mountain air on my face. I shone the torch around the tree branches near the balcony, and two bright eyes shone back at me. Shining the light along the animal's body, it looked like a cross between a fox and a ferret. It had big ears, black marks around its eyes, a long brown body, and a long black and white ring tail. A really pretty animal. I recognized it as a four-eyed opossum. It stared at me for a few seconds before running along the branch and then jumping to the next tree to get away. I was cold and jumped back in bed with my sweater on, plus two sheets and two blankets covering me. I managed to get lukewarm and get a few hours of restless sleep. I was woken again by another strange noise, this time more bird-like. I looked out the window and saw it was starting to get light. My cheap, trusty Cassia watch told me that it was 6.30am. I thought I might as well check out what was making the noise. When I opened the door, I noticed that everything was covered in an eerie mist. I walked around the garden a bit and some large birds came close enough for me to see that they were the beautiful deep blue unicolored jays, another highland specialty. It was getting towards 7am when the reserve opened, so I went back and grabbed my birding gear. When I came back out, the trees were alive with birds and I saw five lifers in as many minutes. I walked up the hill to the entrance of Biatopo del Quetzal, where I paid my entrance fee of 20 quetzales, the name of the national bird that I was going to search for in the reserve set up to protect it. The resplendent quetzal is, in my opinion, the most beautiful bird in the world. The male is a shining metallic green with a tail several times longer than its body. The old man at the gate walked with me to the map of the Biatopo, where he explained the series of trails to me. The forest was really nice, but the foliage thick and the trails steep, which made birding difficult. There were a few birds around, including the attractive golden-browed warbler, but it was still quite dark and misty, which made it hard to see anything well. While standing at a viewpoint waiting for some birds to come along, another foreigner came along the path. We greeted each other, and I could tell straight away he was German. He seemed quite a nice chap, and he was doing some volunteer work in Guatemala City, with orphans, I think. We walked along, chatting and looking around at the forest. Normally I would have been happy enough to chat away, but birding is a serious business, and I didn't really want the distraction. The old trick of walking painfully slowly and stopping a lot worked a treat, and he soon walked on ahead, leaving me at peace in the silent forest. Birding was very slow and nothing like the spurt of activity this morning. Having eaten nothing, hunger drove me back down after a few hours, and I went to the restaurant opposite for a sandwich and a sickly sweet hot chocolate. I walked along the road back to the hospedaje, where I tried the same trail as yesterday. The forest here was nicer than the biotopo, and more open, which made the birds easier to see. I know I've said it a lot this trip, but this was truly one of the most beautiful places I'd ever been. You can take your white sand beaches, I'll keep my misty mountain forests any day. I sat down gazing at the lush cloud forest with its tree ferns, palms and huge trees covered in moss and epiphytes when I saw a long-tailed bird fly past and into a nearby tree. I found it through my binoculars and my heart almost stopped when I saw the most stunningly beautiful bird of my life, a male resplendent quetzal. I got a photo and it started to rain. I was so ecstatically happy. I couldn't stop smiling. I can't remember what happened after that. It barely matters.